My wife and I are real happy to be here with you folks today. We heard a very edifying lesson this morning, and I'm thankful to have this opportunity to speak uh, with you folks this evening. Uh, we'll be studying the subject of some things we know, and this will uh, basically be using scriptures that have the word know in them. But just to bring this uh, uh, subject to our minds with a uh, quotation, we'll refer to John the eighth chapter and verse 32. And there Jesus said, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Uh, before we go further in our study, we want to humble ourselves together while we pray together. We have this great privilege. And incidentally, concerning, concerning the lesson tonight, folks, as we pray, we can know that God hears us, that he listens to our prayer. Let us pray. <clears throat> what we want to do this evening is simply take some scriptures that have this word, know in them. Now, on the subject, we just preach here all night uh, about different scriptures that would infer and teach uh, what we are to know and what we can do with what we know and so forth. Uh, this is a basic lesson in the Bible, but it has to do with our faith. Now, I remember when I was just a, a young boy hearing some brethren say, uh, we, we hope that we have eternal life, but we cannot know that we're saved or that we're a child of God uh, because we haven't, uh, we haven't seen it yet. Uh, we know things that we have seen, but things that uh, we simply have faith in them. In other words, they were separating the meaning of the word faith from that of knowledge or know. Well, uh, folks, they, they go together as far as a Christian is concerned. And so we'll notice this, these scriptures concerning these things and show how, how that we can uh, know that we're saved and uh, how that we can, uh, trusting in God in this respect, serve him and have confidence and peace of mind. Now, in uh, 1 Corinthians 8, in verses 1 through 2, the Apostle Paul said, Now as touching things offered unto idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifieth. Now this would be, of course, the, the existence of knowledge without love. And, and, and that, that too is bad. You see, when you get pride... And, and become exalt yourself because you know something. That's not right. And so he shows the tendency of knowledge. Knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifieth. And if any man think that he knoweth anything, now notice this, he knoweth nothing yet as he ought to know. In other words, if you know something, there's no need in you bragging about it. No. If you do know it, it's something you ought to know. 
And so the, the scripture teaches a lesson of humility there in having knowledge. Well, <clears throat> what is one of the things that we, uh, that we can know or that we do know? All right, uh, John 8 and verse 32. And there the scripture says, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. But I'll just write that word up there. You can know the truth, you see. And, and, uh, and the scripture says, and the truth shall make you free. All right, let's go to some other scriptures about this subject or this part of our lesson. John 17 and 17. And there Jesus, praying to his father, said, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. All right, you shall know the truth. All right, we're sanctified by the truth or through the truth. Again, Hebrews 6 and 18. <clears throat> uh, now, uh, in Hebrews 6 and 18, he's talking about God in making his promises concerning the, uh, the seed of Abraham uh, uh, to Abraham and, and uh, that the promises that we have in Christ. And he says that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Which hope we have is an anchor of the soul and so forth. We're going to, we'll come back to this verse of scripture here. But uh, 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 notice here uh, that uh, this is uh, God swore and that by two immutable things, that's, in, 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 that's the fact that God did swear and, uh, and the fact also that it was impossible for God to lie. Both of those things. Even though it was impossible for God to lie, God swore and gave the promise. Now then, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Uh, so, uh, you see, God cannot lie. Uh, if we know something God said, we know it to be true. Because God tells no lies. All right, again, Mark 12 and verses 24 through 25. Um, here was a case where the, the Sadducees and the, uh, came to Jesus tempting him. And uh, they, they, they were putting a story before, they were, didn't believe in the resurrection. Jesus had been talking about the resurrection. And they, they brought up a case where a, a woman had been married to seven men. Now, scripturally, they'd each died. She married this one, he died, and so forth. And, and she had seven husbands during her life. And they asked Jesus and said, now in the resurrection, whose husband's going to be hers? Which one's going to be her husband, you see? All right? Now, uh, notice what Jesus said in, in Mark. This is Mark 12 and 24. And Jesus answering said unto them, Do ye not therefore, do ye not therefore err? Because ye know not the scriptures, neither the power of God. Alright, now, now we, we've already read, you shall know the truth. Well, we find out that the word of God is the truth. 
And they erred in judgment because they knew not the scriptures. You see what you can do? You can, you, you can uh, on your own judgment, you can make decisions. Uh, you can make, uh, and it's all right, in different things, in different ways. But when it comes to serving God, we must know the truth. And these here didn't understand the truth. And, and therefore, that's the reason why they made that argument about whose husband shall they be. Well, Jesus went ahead and explained to them that uh, in heaven there's neither male nor female. And that all, uh, in that sense, are, uh, you see, that, that, that uh, uh, the woman will not have a husband in eternity. And that's what they were asking. <clears throat> okay, now then, uh, in the, the case concerning Nicodemus, <clears throat> the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. Now, now notice how Nicodemus was so convinced. He said, Jesus, I know that you're a man from God, a teacher from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Now he knew because God, Jesus had been performing miracles that he was from God. Well, uh, you know, when it came down to it, when Jesus began to teach him concerning, ex, uh, in, the, in the fifth verse, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, you know, he said, well, how can this be? Uh, 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 he, he didn't understand. Uh, and so it was, he didn't believe Jesus. Well, uh, now then, uh, Jesus told him in John, the third chapter, verses 11 through 13, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we do know. Now, he's already, he's already made the acclamation that, that Jesus, we know you're from God. All right, Jesus tell him, listen, what I say, I know what I'm talking about. We speak that we do know and testify that we have seen and ye receive not our witness. I have told you of you earthly things and ye believe not. How shall ye believe if I tell you heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. Well, uh, you see there, uh, uh, Nicodemus uh, made one acclamation that we know you're from God. And then when Jesus began to teach, he, he, he didn't believe it. He didn't believe that teaching, you see. And, and, and so it is, uh, you see, where our, where our faith or our beliefs can contradict. And uh, instead of saying, well, God, Jesus, you know what you're talking about. And God knows what he's talking about. And so uh, Nicodemus, whether he understood it or not, should have believed because he knew that Jesus was from God. <clears throat> now, uh, Jesus said in John 12 and verses 48 through 50, He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. For I have spoken of myself, pardon me, 
for I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Now this is Jesus speaking. God commanded Jesus what to say. Well, he's here upon this earth. Jesus said nothing on his own. And so uh, he, he, and he said, and I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Now, I know that God's commandment is everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. And so you see these things where we, where we have the term we know. Jesus said, I know that his commandment is life. And we know that too. Because Jesus taught us that it was. Now, uh, concerning Jesus again, in John 21 and 24, the Apostle, Paul, the Apostle John as he ends his epistle. He says... In the last chapter there, this is the disciple which testified of these things and wrote these things. And we know that his testimony is true. We know that. Uh, you know, there in John, I'll turn and read that, the last verses there concerning. Now this is John 21. And uh, we'll read verses 30. Uh, 30 and 31. John. Just a moment, please. I have my scripture uh, mistaken here. Uh, it's right here in this chapter, I know. But the Apostle Peter, the Apostle John said that uh, uh, many other signs truly to Jesus, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you might believe. And so it is that uh, these things written in, in his book are written so that we might believe and know that they are the truth. <clears throat> now, uh, let us notice that we are to keep his word. First uh, John 2 and 5. But whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected hereby. Hereby know we that we are in him. All right, now how do we know we're in him? Because we have kept his word. And so we can know that we are in Christ. All right, again, 1 John 5 and 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. All right? Uh, you know, I mentioned it the first part of my lesson that uh, 
I used to hear brethren years ago say, and I think many of them know, know better now, but you cannot know that you're saved. You cannot know that you have eternal life. Uh, you can only have faith that you have eternal life. Well, they go together, as we notice here. And, and, but uh, contrary to that, you see, uh, the scripture does teach. Now, uh, notice how we, how we can decide on this. These things have I written unto you. All right, now here it is. It's been written to us. And John, uh, and the scripture says here, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. Now this is the Apostle John speaking. That ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. So he, these things are written so that we can know if we follow according to the teaching here on that we have eternal life. <clears throat> Let us notice 2 Corinthians 5 and 1. For we know that if this earthly house of our tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building God and a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. Now what is this? We got a guess at it. We, we, we think probably it says, for we know that if this earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. We know that. In other words, if this body decays and go back to the dirt or the dust, then we know that we have an eternal home in heaven. Now, uh, Something else that we know, 1 Peter 1 and 18 through 19. What were we, what redeemed us? The scripture here says, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold, from your vain conversation re received by tr the tradition of your fathers, but by the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb, without blemish, and without spot. All right, now this is something we know. We're not redeemed by corruptible things, but by what? By the, by the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb, and he was, his blood was shed for our redemption and for our salvation. Thus, the Apostle Paul, writing to Timothy, says in, first, in the first chapter in 2 Timothy and the 12th, uh, 12th verse, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and have persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Well, we know we can read in the book of Acts and uh, in the letters uh, to the Corinthian brethren and so forth, and to Timothy, many of the trials that, that Paul endured. And even in the end, he was put to death for his preaching of the gospel. But the, but, but the point was, in all this, he says, I know whom I have believed. And therefore he says, and, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day, meaning against the day of judgment. He knew, he trusted in God Almighty. <clears throat> Well, something else we can know. Uh, let's read Romans 8 and verse 28. 
And there the Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Rome, said, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. All right? We know this. All things work together for good to them that love God. Now, that doesn't mean that everything that, uh, ha that the situations we have been in uh, are, are pleasant. And uh, they, they might be uh, uh, things that are a hindrance in, in some respect or another. But the point is, if we love God, you know, love, this, this, this word right here, uh, to, to know, going along with love, trust, and these things, if you know it, folks, and you know it's right, trust in God, do it. And whatever the result might be, you might be persecuted for it. You might be persecuted in doing the right thing. But listen, all things work together for good to them that love God. We know that. That's something that we know. And so uh, we believe it. <clears throat> uh, now, uh, we know also that we'll be like him. In the, in, the, in the life to come. In 1 John 3 and 2, there the scripture says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. Now, you see, as a preacher, and we that teach here, we don't get up here and try to tell you what kind of a body you're going to have in the life to come. Uh, there's some things we know about it, but yet uh, we, we don't know in, in absolute sense. And so he says, uh, it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we do know that we'll be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And we know that. And that's something to live for, isn't it? It's something to trust in and something to give our lives and, and, and service to him. <clears throat> Now sometimes, you know, labor, you get tired. You, you can talk about uh, a physical job. Uh, I worked on a job one time down in Louisiana, and I mean, it was hot. <laughs> and I just about uh, uh, sunstroke because, and I just lost every bit of strength I had. Well, that can happen on a job in situations uh, where you're working and you're overdoing what your physical body will allow you to do, uh, there, sometimes it makes you sick. These things happen. Uh, uh, but uh, the, the same, that is not true concerning the spiritual man. Uh, now, the scripture says, First Corinthians 15 and 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You can trust. You, know, you don't become weary. You don't become overcome because you know if you're serving the Lord, you know that it's not in vain but it will be, it will give you a great reward. Now, uh, 
as we bring this lesson to a close, we've noticed uh, several things that, that uh, we are to know the truth and that we're to uh, trust in the teaching of the scriptures and realize that, that uh, we should realize that the word of God, uh, the Bible is the word of God and that it is true. And we know it's true. And, and listen, if, if God said it, it's true. It's right. We know that. We, we, we absolute on, on our knowledge of the teaching of the Bible. Uh, we know the promises of God are true. Uh, and uh, the promises are based upon God's power, upon God who he is. And, and his word teaching us concerning the hope that we have in the life to come. I'd like to turn to Hebrews 6 now to bring this lesson to a close. And there we'll read <clears throat> um, concerning the promise that God has made us and, uh, and concerning these things which have to do with, with uh, things after this life. We'll begin reading with verse 13 here in Hebrews 6. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swear by himself. Saying, surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Now this had to do with Abraham. promised that it's in his seed with all the, the nations of the world would bless. And so uh, we understand that God made the promise to Abraham that through his seed and that we understand to be Jesus would the promise of salvation for all men come to pass. Would all the nations of the earth be blessed. Now uh, this was the promise made to him. <clears throat> and he said in this promise, saying, Surely, blessing, I, I will bless thee, and multiplying, I will multiply thee. He made a nation out of the seed of Abraham uh, and that of Isaac and Jacob. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife, wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of the promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath. You see, when God, when God made this promise to Abraham, he made an oath. Now, in the first place, God can't lie, you see. But God went beyond that and confirmed what he, the promise he made to Abraham with an oath. He swore by himself that the Messiah would come through his seed, you see. And he confirmed it by an oath. Why did he do this? All right, notice verse 18. That by two immutable things, immutable means undisputable, unquestionable by these two immutable things in which it was impossible for him to lie. 
Now, you see, in the first place, God don't tell lies. In the second place, God gave the promise to him through an oath. Even though it's impossible for God to lie. And this, was, this says, which hope we have as an anchor, well, uh, that by two immutable things, verse 18, in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Now, the hope set before us is eternal life. To live not in the flesh, but in heaven. Not upon this earth, materially, but with God, with another body, an immortal body. To be with God and with Christ, to live in peace and happiness forever and forever. This is, this is what this promise is all about. And the promise was made, God gave an oath. So your faith and my faith can be so strong there's no question about it. God was willing to confirm it by an oath, even though he couldn't lie. Which hope we have is an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. And which enters into that within the veil, whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made it a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Folks, we can, now this subject must be taken with humility. Not being proud, not, not, not thinking, well, look what I can do. That's not, that's not the point. But you know, it's, a, it's our faith, folks, in God and in serving God and even our faith in recognizing when we sin. But the thing is, we recognize that God loves us and God will forgive if we repent. We realize this. There's no question about it. And there is that salvation of living forever and forever in heaven eternal peace and joy, no pain, no sorrow. And the Bible says, God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. I believe that God is a person. Now, he is not limited to a certain place as such. He can be anywhere, anytime. And some of these things we might not be able to comprehend. And also, Moses is told that he couldn't see his face. His face was there. But Moses was not allowed to look at it. He was, look, he was able to look at God's hinder parts. Well, the thing is, folks, when we go to heaven, we're going to be able to come before the throne of God. We will see his face, the Bible says. And he will wipe away all tears from our eyes. We know this. We know this is true. We know this promise is true. It is if we humble ourselves, search the scriptures, and folks, anybody can know the truth. That, brought, that thought was brought out this morning. It's, it's not hard to understand. Faith, repentance, confession, and baptized, you're baptized into Christ. 
And, and of all the work people go through trying to say it don't mean that. Well, uh, we're baptized for the remission of our sins. And on the day of Pentecost, they were told to repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. All right? Now then, we can know that. And then we can obey the gospel, become a child of God. Now when, when you do that, you don't have to wonder whether God forgives you. You can know that he does. But then you must realize, folks, listen. Now listen. We don't know what we will do tomorrow. That's one reason why we have to fear God. I don't have to, as a Christian, I don't have to be afraid to die now. But, if a, but as a Christian, I've got to be afraid about what I might do tomorrow. See, if I lead, let's say this platform right here is salvation. And as long as I stand up here, I'm up on the, I'm, I'm saved. Well, why, why, why are you supposed to fear God if you're saved? Because I can step off of this platform. And that's what I've got to be afraid of. That's the reason why the Bible teaches his people to fear him. Even though we're saved, that doesn't mean we can't leave him. That doesn't mean we can't forsake him or quit living the Christian life and go to hell, you see. But we know that he'll keep his promises. So you see, what we've got to do is be afraid of what we might do. Yes. Fear God. Keep his commandments. Let's be afraid of ourselves and our strength and our determination and, and place that we can... We can arrange our thinking so that we understand God's will, we know what he demands of us, and we can serve him and trust him and know we're saved. But let's be careful, lest we fall, as the Bible warns us. And so it is that you can know today that you're a child of God. Now, if you're not, you need to become one. You need to come back. If you're, if you're a child of God and you've left uh, the church or you've left doing what's right and you have sins that are not forgiven, we beg of you uh, to make things right with God. Now the question is, the thing is, if you repent, you can know that God loves you and that God will forgive. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We thank you for listening to our podcast put on by the Church of Christ at 2215 Plans Road in Bakersfield. If you would like any additional information or you would like to receive a free Bible correspondence course by mail, please email us at info at churchofchristbakersfield.com. Our service times are Sundays at 1030 a.m. and 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 730 p.m. Please make plans to join us. We would love for you to be our honored guest.